Welcome to the Digital Forester Podcast, where we talk to foresters about how they are using digital technologies in their day-to-day forestry work. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Digital Foresters Podcast. Michael Duner, Mike Brzezinis, thanks so much for joining. How are you guys doing this morning? Excellent. Doing good, Kevin. Thanks for having us. Awesome. Good stuff. So I think it'll be an amazing discussion this morning. Uh, You folks are in the, the U.S. Southeast doing some cool things. So I'd like to take the discussion left, right, center, up, down. Uh, you folks are, are foresters. So maybe start off, I'll start with Michael, you maybe introduce yourself, how you got into uh, forestry and, uh, and, and we'll go, we'll take it from there. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Um, kind of an interesting story of how I got into forestry. Um, growing up in the Southeast, of course, we were uh, surrounded by forest and and natural resources uh, everywhere uh, before the Southeast became such a popular destination for, uh, for you uh, Northerners. Um, so um, my dad was in the certified public accounting business and um, I, I worked for him uh, when I was uh, between my junior and senior years in high school, worked in his office doing a uh, auditing of, of the uh, public school system here in our county and learned pretty quickly that, um, that I did not want to uh, follow in his footsteps. So uh, kind of took a, took a different career path uh, immediately and uh, actually was in uh, veterinary medicine uh, originally uh, until I ran into organic chemistry, and then I, I decided I needed to take another uh, change in <laughs> career path. So uh, pre-vet and pre-forestry curriculums were the, exactly the same, except for okay. the organic chemistry part. And um, I had also worked at a, at a plywood mill and worked for a forest products company uh, during my, between my 10th and 11th. Um, grade years in high school. Um, so I, I had some, some um, exposure there. So, so that was always kind of in the back of my, of my mind. So, um, so anyway, I ended up at the University of Florida um, in the forest resources and conservation uh, program and, um, and have been in the consulting forestry business since uh, June of 1980, when I graduated from from uh, forestry school. Wow! Wow! So, so you've been at this uh, just for a little bit of time by the by the sounds yeah. of it, right? Yeah, yeah. Yes. That's that's great, M- Mike. Mike, how about you, uh, you introduce yourself? Uh, how how did you get into uh, to, to forestry? Were you uh, like Michael early on, right into it, or 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 what? What's your story? Yeah, it's funny. There's a bit of a similarity there. Uh, I'm from uh, the state of Maine, and my some of my family was uh, into fishing, uh, fishing boats and and uh, scallop dragging and things like that. And I figured out pretty quickly after trying that a couple summers that I wanted to do something else. So um, I was actually in the military in the Carolinas, um, in the Air Force, and uh, once I finished that um, four-year stint. I pursued my passion just for the outdoors through forestry. And I've always been into the outdoors. I grew up in Maine, which is a heavily forested state. And I grew up outdoors. I've always loved the outdoors. And and forestry and wood products were always all around us, you know, where I grew up. And it's a big part of 
the uh, Northeast. And so, um, yeah, I, uh, I had that passion always in my mind and, and finally got to pursue it and really enjoyed um, going to school here in the, North, uh, in the Carolinas and had a variety of different jobs since then. I have um, with different forest products companies and been here with Southern Forestry Consultants for um, going about three and a half years. And I've always in my career had a stick with the technology side of things. So always been uh, working in that capacity to help foresters innovate and enable what they do and to enable uh, what they do uh, to be more efficient and, and better and more data driven. Right, right. Well, 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 growing up in Maine, by default, you're, you're, you're an honorary Canadian, I suppose, as we joke about uh, those states uh, up there. But um, mm -hmm. yeah, great, great story there. So, so thinking, uh, as you're introducing, you know, how long you've been with Southern Forestry Consultants or, or SFC, um, uh, that's time's gone by fast. We've known each other for quite a while. I, I've, uh, I've obviously met Michael uh, through you, but, but thinking about what SFC does, Michael, maybe can you introduce the things you do, because uh, I know when we first met, uh, SFC is not just SFC. There's uh, an ecology side of things. There's other aspects. So maybe take a moment and just um, let our listeners know uh, where SFC is based, what you do, the different uh, sites that you have, because it is a quite an impressive network in the U.S. Southeast that you, you've established over the years. Yeah, thanks, Kevin. Um you know, having been in the consulting forestry business for my entire career, um, it's given me some insight into, into um, you know, what, what consulting forestry was originally considered to be and what maybe it was limited to being uh, versus what it has become. And, and that's certainly no, um, in no way meant to disparage early consulting foresters. Um, but um, the consulting forestry business and SFC, I think as a, as a leader in this uh, evolution of consulting forestry firms to include uh, ecological considerations, uh, wildlife considerations, habitat management, uh, technology management and, and implementation um, threatened and endangered species work, uh, just everything that revolves around natural resource management. I, I think the, and, and SFC has formed um, through the years, has, has also added Wiregrass Ecological Associates to our, our companies, uh, Southern Forestry Realty. Uh, we even had at one time Southern Development Group, which was, uh, we do have clients that um, who, who are in the path of, of land use change, uh, whether they choose that or it's just chosen for them by the, by the growth that, that is occurring in the Southeast US. So we have evolved to uh, provide services of, of almost every nature, either through direct um, housing those direct services in our shop or partnering with other companies who are experts in, in a certain field that are very complementary to what we do and to what our clients need. So with offices in Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Mississippi, South Carolina, North Carolina now, 
um, our reach has expanded through the years. And um, we feel like we, we, again, either directly through our staffing capabilities or indirectly through, through very good partnerships with, with others who are experts in complementary fields, we, we, can, we can provide nearly every service that a, a landowner uh, of any shape, size, uh, form could, could, could possibly need. Yeah, absolutely. That that's uh, really neat to hear, and and that's one of the reasons I was excited to talk to both of you. So so for our listeners, um, SSC and Lim Geomatics have a, a relationship. Uh, you're a partner. You're you're a value added reseller for some of our technologies in the the southeast. So um, thinking of that, uh, obviously, forestry consultant work. Uh, Mike, you've worked with Esri Inc., you've worked with other organizations, as you mentioned, on the technology side. So maybe between the, the two of you, maybe Mike, I'll ask you to start. Uh, tell, me, tell me how it, when you, uh, how you and Michael connected and how the geospatial group um, uh, started with an SFC. And then I'll be curious to know, Michael, you can chime in in terms of uh, what vision you saw um, to, to make uh, you know, this this new entity come in. So Mike, maybe I'll start with you and say, you know, tell us, tell us your view and, and how you ended up at SFC with your, your career path. Yeah, sure, Kevin. Um, it's a great question. Um, yeah, previously I did work with uh, Esri, which is uh, uh, a leading GIS software company. And really uh, I uh, found my preferences to work with, with uh, agile, smaller um, firms that are entrepreneurial. And so I did have some friends that worked in the um, SFC's organization, and um, there was uh, some good raw material that existed in this organization in terms of some, some GIS and geospatial and technology work um, uh, within the industry. So um, we struck up a conversation and, and uh, ended up uh, where I uh, joined the company and still work out of uh, North Carolina. And... Uh, you know, really one of the, the big things that was attractive to me is SFC offered the chance to start from the ground up um, because I think, you know, trying to trying to build a new house on top of a shaky foundation is just not going to work. And uh, uh, when we look at the technology and how much has changed over the past 20 years or so and how much the industry has changed in terms of funding technology and where it comes from, it, you know, we really needed to rethink everything from the bottom up. And so, right. you know, uh, what my business line says is we're redefining forest technology. We're really just, we're just started from scratch. Yeah. And, and part of that is working with, with your team, a full stack um, development team to, to try to do this right. And uh, so uh, really plays into my, uh, my love for innovation and for forestry and, and staying in this industry that, that I, you know, have always been in and really care about really, I'm really interested in how, how do we make people be more successful? So yeah. if we can help people be more successful with technology, I think uh, that's success, you know, for us. Yeah, so, yeah, that, that's that's a great, great uh, uh, thesis there. And, and Michael, from your side, meeting meeting Mike, how uh, you know, as someone who's been in the field for a while, maybe maybe tell us about that that first meeting and your initial response. Uh, uh, Mike, being a very technology centric guy, you being a consulting forester, knowing 
you know, the lay of the land, boots on the ground, maybe describe to our, our listeners what that, that initial coming together uh, looked like. Well, you know, it's, um, I, I've always believed from a management perspective that, um, you, you know, surrounding yourself with, with very talented people uh, with complementary interest uh, is, is the prime way to move your business forward uh, or, or, to, or to move any effort forward. It uh, doesn't have to be business. Um, if you've got 20 people with the same talents in the room, you know, you're going to do pretty well at, at, at that one or one or two things that they all do well, but, but your, your focus is going to be pretty narrow. Um, and so meeting Mike was actually through, um, through one of my partners in the firm who's in the ecological business. Um, and uh, who focuses more on the, you know, the wildlife side of things, the habitat side of, of things. And, uh, you know, seeing what Mike uh, was doing and, and how he was uh, assisting that business line and that effort and those projects um, was, was uh, the results really spoke for themselves. Mike was the Mike was the messenger and was the talent, you know, that was able to bring those those results to bear. Um, so, you know, honestly, uh, when I look at someone or 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 um, or another uh, tool in the toolbox, you know, I, I don't really. It's not looking at the person as much as the talents and the skill set and the results and the you know, how they complement what we're trying to do or how they complement what we may be able to do that we haven't even thought of. Um, and, you know, natural resource people uh, tend to be, uh, although this is certainly evolving through time now where the younger people are more te technologically advanced than us older folks uh, ever dreamed of being. Right, right. Um, but still, there's a, there's, is a bit of, you know, reticence to use technology uh, to the fullest extent possible. And, and a lot of it's still unknown. And, and again, that kind of goes to our partnership with, with you and your folks to, to, to move that forward um, really, you know, in an exponential way, not in an incremental way, but an exponential way. And Mike brought that skill set to us and uh, Mike yearned for an opportunity, and 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 we're always looking for a, for a, a niche, or right. uh, or an opportunity that that um, that needs to be built upon, uh, but built upon in a, you know, in a much better way. So, so uh, you know, Mike's uh, skill set and results spoke for themselves, and and um, even so much that I could overlook that that he was a, a far New Englander, you know, he, <laughs> uh, uh, he fit right in in the Southeast. So that speaks uh, highly for him right there. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Great, great, great way of looking at things, Michael, you know, people first, finding people to, to compliment. I love that, that, uh, that thesis there. And, and, and Mike, Hey, Hey, this is a podcast. So, 
that glowing review the next time for the next 20 years when you're doing your annual performance review feel free to to pull up this podcast show it to michael and, yeah, we got and there this, you go this is recorded absolutely yeah. in perpetuity yeah. so it's an engine you could just come back to this pod and, and share so on that side you know with this podcast you know the digital forester it's really about what are forcers doing, uh, people who have successfully embraced technology and, and what are some of those lessons learned and whatnot? So uh, maybe I'll start, Mike, with you to, to talk about what you, you talked about, you know, building that right foundation. So tell me about some of the things you're doing for foresters in the, the Southeast and, and elsewhere, I guess. it's Although you're based in the Southeast here, you're obviously willing to do business um, anywhere, I guess, nowadays, especially uh, with people, you never know where people are. But maybe tell, tell me, the audience, what are some of those, those things you're, you're doing? And then we can segue that into uh, what some of those best practices are. So I know, as an example, cruising is important. I know, obviously, with the GIS background, you're doing some of that. But I believe you're a planet uh, partner as well. So able to support people in remote sensing. Uh, but again, I don't want to speak on your behalf. So maybe uh, from your view, it's like, what do you see the landscape in the US Southeast to be and, and how you're helping them and, and with what tools? Yeah, sure. Uh, yeah, where to start on that? Um, well, you know, without going into a lot of the systemic factors in our industry, um, you know, the, the, uh, we don't have a lot of vertically integrated companies. The industry just changed a lot. How uh, technology percolates out, maybe out of universities and out of um, industry, that's changed substantially. And, and, and the options have changed uh, in the computing world, uh, you know, uh, computing technology and hardware and all of that have, have been consumerized. Um, and the options available are a little bit overwhelming for folks. So, you know, if I was to, you know, pick one thing that, that embodies what I do with, with the industry and I'd be educating, really. Uh, a lot of what I have to do is just educating folks and, and informing them. And that's whether that's before we do something with somebody or well on down the road, um, it's, it's, it's a lot of, uh, of my job is just to educate and to inform and, uh, and so uh, I enjoy that. And, uh, you know, what does that look like on the ground for folks, a typical, um, you know, implementation? And we, we do support customers all the way from the Carolinas to Arkansas and the Deep South. So we've got customers all over. And, and really what we're trying to do, whether it's for forest inventory or all your forest assets, is provide people a single source of the truth. Um, because you know, what a lot of folks are trying to do, and this is all sizes of companies, um, is they're trying to cobble together a bunch of different pieces and parts very often to try to execute on their business strategy. And, you know, that uh, that's quite problematic for folks because, well, everybody has a smartphone now um, or multiple uh, smart devices. And, um you know, you expect to be able to work from anywhere and you expect uh, to be able to have your teams on the same sheet of music. So, you know, when we look at Planet, Lingeomatics, Prism, Stratus, um, some of our own products and services, managed services, we uh, come in and we really try to help people get that single source of, source of the truth across all the things they're doing and um, manage that for them and, and make it simple. Um, right. So... It's super, super exciting. And, and this is really about enabling people in this digital age. You know, you just got, look, let's just put it right out in the open. A lot of forestry people didn't get into forestry to, to, to mess around with technology. They're, they're, uh, they're rural people. And, um, you know, 
some of that stuff kind of actually alarms them and 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 uh you know they don't want to be out there in the woods and and hunting and fishing and and, and just being out there and i think you get a bit of a cultural divide to um to bridge when you're doing that education but uh it sure, certainly is really fun and really rewarding right. uh to, to see these successes that come on the other side where people can finally uh look up anything about their land base be able to do uh forest inventory and do it easy yeah. not get into data management and file management and all these things because foresters don't want to do that stuff i mean they that's not why they got in the industry Right. So right. Uh, that's a real uh, quick kind of spiel across a bunch of concepts. But uh, uh, a lot of my job is education, as I said. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great, great uh, way to way to frame it, because I think as forcers and, and maybe in any space, no one wants to babysit, you know, data at that that level. Um, well, well, unless you're a DBA or database administrator, I guess, where uh, that's your your stick. But um, so thinking about that, um, obviously, you're using some Esri technology, I, I believe, uh, cloud based. It's Azure. Um, that's uh, so you're into that space as well, yeah. uh, per se. So that's pretty sophisticated for for a, a forestry, you know, as Michael's like, oh, it's a, a forestry consulting shop. But yet some of these technologies and tools you're using in this digital age, uh, they're they're pretty sophisticated and up with what other people are doing. And I know uh, the CEO of Microsoft had said, you know, at the start of the pandemic, he had seen two years worth of digital transformation done. Um, in the span of uh, of two years, so I, I'm going to imagine Michael that when Mike talks about education um, being front and center, I, I'm going to imagine that that executing that vision that you guys have in terms of a, a digital forestry in the U.S. Southeast, one source of truth, no data silos, uh, which for some of our listeners, they might think like, well, I guess it's primarily foresters listening, so it may not surprise them, but maybe for others, they might say like, how, how could you not have that? But when Mike's talking about education, I'm going to assume uh, the pace of change may not go as quickly as maybe some other sectors per se, if, if there's a large onus on on education, Michael, what do you what do you think about that? Well, I you know I think the education part is really uh, it, it's 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 two parts. Um, it, one is educating the really we'll call them the field foresters or the you know the boots on the ground foresters who who have now at their disposal tools that they you know heretofore have never had or who have iterations or products now that far exceed previously existing products and and thus you know our our relationship with with you all to try to develop some of those tools so so that's part of the education that's i think that's what mike was really speaking about there was you know um you know, just educating those boots on the ground foresters and even the GIS foresters, as which is most of them are known as, I guess, nowadays. But but the other side of that education is really the from the upper level management, um, the business side of the forestry, forest industry. It's it's educating, you know, the businessmen and women, um, the corporate folks who who may not know that this, this capability exists and who are relying on, on the old technology and the old way of doing business, you know, to, to try to run a, you know, a, 
a, a, a, a business in this ever-changing climate that, that we're in now, you know, this rapidly evolving business world where daily trades are, are, are not even da daily trades, you know, minute by minute trades are, are done and, and uh, business changes every hour. So to have at, for their utilization, you know, these products and these technologies that allow them that, that business capability of being that agile and, and that informed, you know, to be able to, to run their business at the same level that a, that a, you know, a Fortune 500 company runs at, you know, so educating them that the technology is there if they just know about it and, and it can be implemented and it can assist their business operations and it will improve their business operations. Um, whether it's on the cost side or the efficiency side or the or the profit side, but being better informed and better able to get at your data instantaneously, it, you know, you can't replace that that as right. a you know as a as a uh, a function of a of a well run business. So so I think that education part, you know, again, I think is twofold and and it's tough, you know, to start from from uh, trying to do all that education, you know, at one time. Uh, it, it's just, just a, it's, it's a, it, to use the old adage, you know, trying to turn a ship around, you know, it just takes a while and people have to gain confidence in, in what can be done and, and see other people doing it. And right. um, so, you know, that's part of my role because uh, I certainly don't even understand the technology uh, or how it's developed and how it's built and how it functions and all the, you know, the, the coding and, and that part of it that goes in and, and I'm, I'm too old to learn. And, and, uh, but, but what I do understand is the business side of things. And, and, and I know how much information, how valuable it is, even to, a, a you know, a regional consulting, uh, forestry firm. Yeah. So, yeah. so, um, Absolutely. So anyway, that that's kind of my take on the education part of things and how it needs to be integrated into the the business side of forestry. Yeah, so so I, I suspect there's quite a few foresters that may be listening and probably you know nodding their head, going, "Yeah, like so many true points um, here." Looking to start, not not sure where to start. Completely foreign um, language per se. Um, needing experts and whatnot. Um, still a lot of relationships at play, I think, in the, the forest industry, to your point, um, the, you just may not be aware that there's something else out there. I also do know, and I think you all would agree as well, uh, see, I used to live in Huntsville, Alabama, so I should probably switch to y'all. Y'all would agree that um, foresters don't want to be the first ones, but they sure as heck don't want to be the last ones either. And so somewhere there's that, that sweet spot. So thinking about some of those innovations, Mike and Michael, um, maybe give some hard facts, like in terms of what you've seen, you know, we've helped this, this customer uh, uh, X uh, and they saw, you know what, uh, thinking uh, cruising using technology, would you say 2% increase in efficiency, 25, 50? Like, is this a real game changer in your space as you're talking with people and educating people or maybe share some of those those success stories, you know, another thing is foresters are very humble, 
uh, people. They're, they rarely, you know, beat their, their chest in terms of all the great things they're doing, but maybe take a moment and, and share with our listeners, um, you know, what you're seeing in terms of hard, hard valleys for our benefits. And, and maybe that will get some of our, our, our GIS forcers thinking about doing this kind of going, yeah, um, you know, I got to talk with these folks. I got to explore further, but anything you can share on that front? Let me take that, Michael, first, or? Yeah, yeah, go yeah. right ahead. Yeah, um, yeah, you know, it can be hard to see uh, all the benefits and and, um, uh, and and the pain of change at, at the front end of, of an effort. So, um, you know, again, that education does come into play because um, a lot of foresters are content to just do things the way they always have. However, um, they've all got you know, modern pickup trucks with Apple, uh, you know, the Apple Play in it or the, uh, um, and, and a smartphone and, and they've embraced uh, technology in a lot of other aspects of their lives. And they, and they recognize that, uh, you know, that uh, the little hunting app, mapping app on their, their phone is, is pretty dang handy. Um, and they also recognize at the same time that, well, why doesn't our business data operate like this? So I think, you know, it's a conversation a lot of times. And then when you look, when you, when you get a little further in and you get some of the pain of change as, as um, has been worked through and the, the catharsis, so, so to speak, uh, you start to see um, some pretty amazing um, outcomes. Uh, we've, got, uh, we've got a lumber uh, company with lands in the Carolinas um, where, you know, their, their quote for, for using the new inventory technology is this half the time what it used to be because it automates, you know, we can, we could do that wow. today. Wow. We can automate the whole value chain of, uh, of data and information. And, and when Michael sort of talked about education being different to different people in different ways, the field people to the business people, I mean, that's really, that's really true because a guy just cruising timber in the woods would be happy with a paper tally card forever because he might not see where the paper tally card goes and it gets handed to an, uh, an administrative specialist where they, right. they spend an hour keying it in and then somebody else takes the data and they move it to a database and this whole set of things that you know used to take place for, for folks. And you know, our industry is really, really big on that. Uh, you know, put, a, put, put it on paper and then transcribe it and handle it four or five times. And, and you know, uh, look, I, I I know a bunch of foresters in this industry, and I'll, and a lot of them are spending a lot of late nights um, at the expense of of what to um, handle information. And those are all solvable problems nowadays. It just takes a different set of talents. And this computing world that we're in, it, it is nothing like 20 years ago, where you just make an right. app, an application that goes on a PC, and you're done, and you walk away. Uh, that's that's not the way it is anymore. We've got uh, Mobility, cloud, Apple, Android, you know, uh, web, and and all this stuff needs to fit together where the components function as a whole. And 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 really, you're not going to get a lot of value today, um, and and get that mobility and visibility of your information unless you can um, utilize these tools that are there. Um, yeah. So efficiencies are huge, and and uh, we see uh, payback that's uh, um, you know one or two projects in um, wow. for some of these efforts. Wow. Well, well, I think you make a great point there that, that we hadn't touched on that. It's not just about the tools being available, but them all working together behind the scenes technologically, but also on the forefront 
from a business point of view. And Michael, when I when when you hear fifty percent increase in efficiency, you know, as as a business owner on the business side, um, is that not music? music to the ears in the sense of like, Hey, it's like, you know, there's, there's real opportunity, like 50% is huge. And if one or two projects, you know, uh, uh, generates that ROI on any of that, that GIS investment, that that's pretty, pretty huge. No, no doubt, Kevin. I, I mean, any businessman would, um, embrace, you know, a 50% increase in efficiency. Um, uh, especially when that's tied to, to the other benefits that that accrue to that to that effort. I mean, it's not only, you know, the the data collection where you get that up to 50% um, efficiency, but you also then have the data in a form that is live and and accessible, uh, you know, by all in the organization at any time. And so, you know, whether it's the accounting department or the, 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 the timber department or the procurement department or the, the corporate department or, you know, any of the, of the uh, different uh, departments within the organization can access the same data uh, anytime and it's updated live whenever, you know, whenever the the boots on the ground forester, uh, for whatever reason, has to make a change in the in the data, whether it's uh, just a, another year's gone by, whether it's uh, a weather event, whether it's uh, an acquisition or a disposition of property. You know, whenever the raw data is changed for good reason, everyone has that same data immediately. There is. There's no lag time. There's there's uh, anybody in the accounting. One thing I did learn in the accounting world is, uh, you know, transcribing numbers is fraught with, uh, right, with right. Uh, human error, and uh, you know that goes back to the to the to the, um, the dark ages. You know, it's just uh, humans make errors. Uh, some make less than others, and that's great. But um, but uh, that single source of information. Uh, as a business owner is um, the, the value that you place on that is, is really hard to, to determine, but the efficiency goes throughout the organization and continues to benefit the organization every day. And, right. and it's, just, it's hard to put a value on that, but, um, but it, it is invaluable. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think when at one point when I was was talking with you guys, um, uh, like you guys use Azure technology, I know some listeners might be saying, you know, what are the actual tools you're using? Um, uh, and maybe we'll get to that in a moment, Mike. But I know talking with with you guys in the past, um, you've kind of got things set up in in your shop and trying to support others where at the end of the day at five o'clock, you know exactly if we're thinking of a cruising job, you know, what's being done, 
um, you know, which plots, you know, which are being left and even potentially uh, from a workforce management point of view, uh, adjusting assignments, uh, cruise plots, assignments and whatnot, and having that all in one central uh, FMS there. But uh, Mike, maybe I'll get you to uh, maybe talk about, uh, tell the listeners, um, since this is about digital forestry and digital technologies, maybe uh, walk the listeners through, um, if you can, of course, you know, what does a, a technology stack look like for an SFC, that foundation that you talked about at the start? Uh, what does that look like? We've heard Esri as a component, some planet for some, you know, situational awareness of what's happening, but maybe walk through the listeners, uh, what, what, what are those technologies you're actually using as a consulting forcing organization and and as you grow to other um, spaces what what does that world look like sure yeah so you know each customer has something a little bit different um and uh you know we, we basically offer the ability for um a com- componentized solution for managing forest assets so um very typical deployment is uh, uh we'll run the enterprise web gis for folks and it's all secure, meets all their IT security requirements. And they might have the forest inventory solution called Prism. They might have Planet um, imagery and all this stuff can function as a complete whole. So we address um, not only the different modules and pieces they need for different purposes, you know, whether it's timber sales, forest inventory imagery, but we also address all the different user types and ways different users need different things. So. Um, again, off of all one single source of information, but we can give a manager a view-only dashboard where they can just kind of come in and see, okay, what's all the planned treatments and activities on deck this year? And they can do that in something easy. They're not going to edit data. They're just going to see it. Uh, we can give a field tech uh, a map that shows them everything that's going on, and it's just on their phone. And that's the only place they consume that information. We give a timber cruiser um, you know, stuff on their phone, and then also... Prism for doing the inventory stuff. And, you know, you kind of mentioned there a minute ago is we're doing these big projects that are quite complex, you know, with thousands of forest inventory plots and, and uh, you know, multiple people in the woods simultaneously. And people just push a button at the end of the day and all the information's in and we know where our project is. And, you know, when, when we first started doing that with some of these um, field folks and they'd never seen that before, it was pretty it was pretty eye-opening. I mean, uh, because what they used to do is they used to spend hours every night um, manually putting all the data together. And this is the stuff that, you know, Michael's level sometimes don't see. It just happens. People just make it happen. But it is time. And it's time that gets taken away from something is you're managing data for four or five hours at the night at night after you've worked in the, uh, in the field all day. Um, and you're making maps. And then you're laying it all out and trying to figure out what you're doing tomorrow. When that's all gone, uh, ultimately, you can get more plots a day. Ultimately, you get a better quality of life because you can push that button at the end of the day, um, go to the hotel, take a shower, go and have dinner and a beer, and and be well rested to go cruise again the next day. So, um, the, you know, there's no smoke and mirrors in this stuff. The opportunities are huge, and 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 uh, so we really look at this same concept of automation and having a whole bunch of component parts that fit into a whole and function together. And it's um, it's super exciting. Um, we, uh, one thing we never realized that IT would be our friends. So we frequently have conversations with the IT professionals and organizations. And that's important nowadays because we have multiple customers. They've been hacked and ransomware. And why is it? Well, they waited 20 years to update some of their stuff. So they didn't update, they really didn't have standards across their information assets. So 
um, we come in and, and, and help them really get everything, level it up and get it um, to modern day standards and address that security side of things um, to make sure that the IT people are happy and this stuff functions. We, we put it in Azure cloud, we don't see hacking going on there. You want to put it on your right. own servers? You're kind of asking for it. So um, I, that does a lot of information, but uh, um, in a nutshell, um, kind of kind of what it looks like in some of the scenarios and some right. of the, uh, outcome benefit outcomes. Right, right. But lots there, absolutely. And I, and I think you bring up a, a great point that uh, Forster's traditional or GIS Forsters or, or whatever label you want to use, whether whether you want it or not, you're getting pulled into the digital age and being exposed to, to cybersecurity risks that whether you're a tier one large company or tier three mom and pop shop, it's uh, it's the same same playing field with the same vectors of attack that people are going to try and get at. And, and, and it's until you get impacted, I don't think uh, people realize that. And on our side, you know, I think uh, last year alone, there's four forestry companies and, and not mom and pop shops. Uh, significant forestry firms and companies that uh, that yeah were subject to ransomware and it brought them uh, like if I if I said brought them to their knees I'd be being kind it brought them you know into the grave at some point uh, and, and whatnot and and where some of uh, their business units that were using uh, what you described you know our technology and other um, enterprise level technologies those units were up and running still um, without any uh, disruption and just for clarification earlier when you said enterprise you're you're talking about ArcGIS enterprise right not just enterprise in general okay cool absolutely um so thinking about um you know, looking at our time, uh, we'll go into some rapid fire sessions. So one of the things I'd like to ask each of you is, um, you know, in this discussion, you can sense there's a lot there, um, you know, from a cyber, from a cloud to an enterprise GIS to an Esri, you know, it doesn't sound like open source is quite as big uh, there, but there's databases, there's IT teams, you know, amazing to hear you say, uh, you know, normally we look at IT groups as like, oh, you know, you're the enemy, right? And now they're almost becoming friends because maybe they're being advocates uh, for foresters on, on areas that, that foresters don't think about. Um, but thinking about, I'm going to ask each of you, maybe I'll start with Michael. Um, uh, what's the top myth that, that you hear and what's your response? Like thinking of this, you've been obviously a, a forester for, for, for a long time. When we listen to you, there's obviously a rich uh, knowledge base there, but thinking about the vision you have, you know, exponentially better software, not incrementally better. What's maybe one or two things you hear like myth-wise that, that time and time again, you've heard it and you're like, ah, you know, gee whiz, if I could just like address this once and for all and not to think that this podcast will do it, but for our listeners, they may, they may have those reservations themselves. So maybe from a business point of view, I'll start Michael with you in terms of what are one or two things that you consistently hear time and time again, and, and how would you respond to that or, or tell our listeners that may be thinking that way? Yeah, Kevin, that's, that's interesting, uh, interesting question, but I, I, two, two responses come immediately to mind. Um, one is that um, we, we being the potential customer or the forestry company, we're, we're using technology. We, we, we have technology. We don't need more technology or we don't need a different technology. We, we already have technology. We have a computer, you know, and, and we, we work our cruises up on a computer and we have access to aerial imagery and we draw maps on a computer, you know, and, and therefore we, we are where we need to be. You know, that is a myth that that was true 20 years ago. You know, that was true 
maybe even a few years ago, but um, that that um, lack of information about what is currently available uh, in the technology space is is really alarming, you know, um, almost. But you know, that's uh, again maybe that's uh, our fault for not having uh, done a good enough job educating. But you know, there therein lies the the challenge. And then I think the other, the other, um, the other myth is um, uh, is based really around the cost of implementing this new new technology. It's certainly, there is a cost that that absolutely you you can't replace anything old with something that's exponentially better, you know, for free. Um, but what's overlooked is, is the efficiencies that are gained and the opportunity cost, you know, that are, or the opportunities for more efficient use of labor, of, of talents, of skills, of, of other resources that's left out of the equation when the analysis is done as to whether to adopt new technology or not. It's really surprising, but, but again, you know, those two myths that A, we already have technology, we don't need need new technology, and B, it's only a cost center to adopt new technology. Yeah, great, great, great points, Michael. Thanks for sharing that uh, from the view. Yeah, totally. Uh, as you're describing that, I can, uh, even on the Canadian side, you know, we work internationally, those uh, the, the, those uh, objections, if we call them that, we, we hear them elsewhere, uh, per se, and that that may be a common thread across forestry. So, uh, Mike, on your side, maybe I, I assume you know being more on the the techie uh, whizzy side, you know what what's that what's that thing you always hear those one or two things and and uh, and and if having the stage to kind of to get a lot of people's ears, uh, how what's that messaging you'd want to impart with them? Yeah, I think Michael hit it pretty good and I might have picked one of those those same things that he mentioned but uh the compliment compliment that I would say uh is uh you know we've always done something a certain way or um this is what everybody else does they look look around at my peers and and they use an apple or they use an android and so that's okay and so um you know really uh because of that, you have a lot of uh, you have a lot of stuff that's really, really old out there. And until somebody gets bit and they lose information or they get hacked, sometimes it's uh, it's hard to to justify doing things a different way. So I think uh, that idea of um, you know we already have our stuff and and it, and it they think it works and that's what you know you know Joe Smith down the road is is doing. They're just like us and so we're okay. So I think um, you know it's kind of a multifaceted complimentary sort of observation that I have to what Michael said is, you know, uh, it's just a conservative industry. You go in the woods and the woods don't change much and you drive down the road and, and you're, in, you're just in an ambiance and a, a culture where you're used to things being pretty consistent and, and, and steady. And the idea of change is disrupting. It's, it's painful. And we understand that and, and we get it. So um, that's, uh, that's kind of my two cents. 
Yeah, yeah, no, great points there. And, you know, we've always heard the saying, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. But, you know, sometimes you, 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 you don't know that it's broke and, uh, right. uh, or there's new opportunities. And part of this Digital Forester podcast, as we talk with different people around the world, personally, I'm hoping um, the stories that we hear from New Zealand, from Finland, you know, from the US, from Chile and stuff, uh, will, will help foresters evolve their their knowledge their thinking you know, on that education side and then um you know i think you guys nailed it great earlier in the the side it's about partnerships find the right partners trust is always there but the right ones that can help execute and realize some of those those outcomes you want to want to achieve so we're getting close to to the wind down uh michael mike like thanks so much like i, I think our listeners would agree like lots here um in this pod in terms of of thoughts and, and i'm sure many listeners are probably thinking yeah, I've, I've said that before. Yeah, I've got that problem. It's like, they're doing that. Like, no way. I didn't think that was possible. Um, so, so thinking of that, um, uh, you guys, Michael, you've used, and Mike, you use that term exponentially better. You know, I think that's a great tagline. I think that captures things um, so eloquently in terms of, of what you're, you're, you're trying to do. So in that spirit, you know, people who want to reach out to you, Learn more about SFC, what you do. Obviously, you've, you've said you work in the U.S. Southeast, but you're, you're open to working wherever, especially in today's world, geography becomes less and less uh, uh, relevant per se. But if folks want to reach out, um, uh, Michael, Mike, how do they how do they reach you? Website, Twitter, LinkedIn, email? What, what's that easy way to, to get a hold of you? And we can put it in our show notes as well. But um, yeah. what's the easiest way to get get at you all? Yeah, sure. So uh, I can be found on LinkedIn. Uh, our website is a real short URL. It's S-O as in Sigma Omega Forest.com. And one of our emails, which is on our website, as well as redefine at, at the same thing, soforest.com. So uh, the redefine is really about what we're doing to, uh, to help our industry future-proof itself and digitally enable its business. So yeah. um, reach out and say hi. Yeah, you, you know, I love it. It's like you, you describe yourself as a technical person, you know, SO, Sigma, Omega. I probably would have said Sam Owen, but, you know, that nails it on the head. Uh, Michael, how, how do folks get a hold of you? Uh, the easiest way is a text, email, or, or same thing, website? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, uh, I'll am i show my age here. You know, the website uh, uh, is, a, is, is a good way to get at us. Uh, email, uh, you know, text, I'm... I'm a visual, I'm a, I'm a verbal person. I, I love, uh, you know, I love face-to-face conversations. I, you know, I love um, that, still like that. I, I uh, certainly email, certainly text, but uh, I love to, to talk about natural resource uh, management and forestry. And so any way that is more comfortable for, 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 the, for someone to reach out is, fine with me but uh all right, uh, all right. Lo- love to chat absolutely and I, and I believe your email on the website you can find it per se so i, I guess in closing uh two by fours are uh well pretty much anything is uh very expensive uh, i was talking to my neighbor the back fence is about to topple over and we're like you know, probably not the best year to try and rebuild the fence, uh, probably best to anchor it. But, you know, lumber futures had spiked. So uh, I say this a bit facetiously, but but you guys must be building your super yachts uh, flush with cash. You got so much lumber in the, the U.S. Southeast. As I said, I'm, I'm kind of joking on that. But uh, maybe in closing, um, thinking about that, uh, like what what do you what do you see the next 
short runway uh, for SFC? What, what, what's that key thing you want to see the community uh, adopt or grow into? Um, granted that, yeah, a lot of the markets are pretty strong right now and whatnot. But what, what, what's that one thing you'd maybe impart, Michael, to the listeners in terms of what the future could look like? Well, you, you, you covered a lot in that uh, little introductory um, uh, question there. Uh, yeah, building products are sky high. We all know that. Uh, uh, we, we had a president um, uh, in my lifetime that I remember very, very well who, who spoke of, of trickle-down economics. And uh, unfortunately, uh, uh, timber... Uh, trees are uh, are an ag commodity if you want to lump it in a large uh, group and and we all know that agricultural producers are are uh, very far away from the retail marketplace and there's a lot of folks in between and a lot of steps in the process to get from a tree to a to a board and unfortunately the profits don't accrue to the producer at the same rate that they accrue to everyone else in the food chain. But, um, but I, I do think that um, we see enormous potential in, in owning timberland uh, and managing the assets there. Uh, and, the, and that rate of return on investment, uh, while it's challenged uh, from time to time, um, it's still a, a very, a very good place to invest. It's a good commodity. It's a good asset to own. There's, um, you know, enjoyment there. And there's new markets evolving uh, regularly. You know, the carbon market. Uh, we're, we're in Florida, for instance, where, where I'm uh, home-based. Uh, the, um, the water, clean air, clean water, uh, enough water are, are so important and people are beginning to realize that that all that begins in the forest. So, uh, you know, it, it's a great time to be uh, either an owner or a manager of forest lands. And I, and I think it's only going to get better over time. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. Closing comments, Michael. I, yeah, yeah, it captured uh, captured it perfectly. So uh, I'm wishing the SFC uh, team all the best in, in making things exponentially better. Michael, Mike, thanks so much for joining us on uh, the Digital Foresters podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. I enjoyed it very much. We can go on for uh, for hours, but uh, absolutely, I think uh, yeah, you guys nailed it on the head, gave a great view of, of your world, what some of the challenges are, the tools you're using. And I think uh, more importantly, you know, just on that comment, Michael, you've painted a really positive outlook that should get everyone excited, uh, proud to be a forester, proud to be involved with technology and forestry. So thanks to both of you so much for joining me this morning. Yeah, thanks for having thanks, us. Thanks, Great.